Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And welcome to another episode of AdMail. On this episode, three amazing questions from three superbly smart people. The first involving administering a solo 401k. And actually, do I need multiple bank accounts for solo 401k contributions? Second question about buying pre-IPO stock and then having that stock go public. Is there a tax trigger event? And then thirdly, do I need to pay valuation fees on my self-directed IRA? Is that an IRIS requirement? So those are the three questions that I'm going to dive into on today's podcast. So hopefully that piqued all of your interest and you're willing to give me the next, I don't know, seven or so minutes of your day. And I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about these questions. So without further ado, let's get started. First question is from YouTube. And here's the question. I have a solo 401k plan with you. Do I need separate bank accounts for employee deferral and my employer profit sharing contributions? Uh, the answer is no. You actually are the trustee of the plan. It's up to you. Most solo 401k plans will just have really one bank account where you can keep track with respect to the employee deferral contributions, which in 2024 are 23,000 if you're under 50, 30,500 if you're over 50. Those can be done in pre-tax or Roth. And then the employer contribution, which is 20% of your net schedule C, if you're a sole proprietor or single member LC, or 25% of your W-2, up to an aggregate of 69,000 if you're under 50 or 76,500 if you're over 50 in 2024. So there's no rule about how those contributions need to be made procedurally. Do they need to be segregated? No, some folks like to have separate bank accounts, not necessarily for employee deferral and profit sharing, but more so for pre-tax and Roth. And then if you do what's called a mega backdoor Roth, where you can go after tax the Roth all the way 69 or $76.5 dollar for dollar, kind of have three separate bank accounts, one pre-tax, one after, and one Roth. That obviously is the easiest. And if you're a client of IRA Financial, we can open those bank accounts for you at Capital One. There's no minimum balance, no fees, super easy and quick. Um, if you'd rather just have one bank account, that's your call. If you can keep the accounting straight, go for it. There is no formal requirements from the IRS where you need separate bank accounts for the 401k funds. I think it's best practice to kind of have separate bank accounts for pre-tax and Roth, but not necessarily employ deferral a profit sharing, more on the lines of pre-tax or Roth, and then a third if you're doing a mega backdoor and want an after-tax account, just to keep everything kind of straight and simple. So it's a really, really good question. I get that quite often. So I uh, just wanted to um, review it with all of you. Second question of the podcast from one R, one R of Lakeland, Florida. Juan wants to know, I bought private stock in a company that will be going public with my self-directed IRA. Will that trigger a tax liability? So congrats, Juan. You probably made a bundle of money. Uh, Pre-IPO stock or stock in a startup that ultimately is now going to be public, that is not a trigger event. 
There is no tax if it's owned by an IRA. Couple procedural things. If you own the stock in an LLC, the LLC will now need a brokerage account at a broker dealer, like a Fidelity or Schwab, so it can then hold title to the shares of a publicly traded security. If you have a full service self-directed IRA, where the private stock is titled in the name of the IRA custodian for your benefit, then ultimately you're gonna to need to open a new IRA account at a broker dealer in the name of an IRA because uh, a company like IRA Financial or most self-directed companies are not licensed broker dealers, so we cannot custody publicly traded securities. We can custody private stock, but not publicly traded um, securities. So just something uh, to keep in mind, but congrats. Hopefully you uh, hit a home run and all that gains will now be tax deferred or at least tax-free if you have a Roth IRA. So kudos to you one. Third and final question of today's podcast comes from Ryan T. of Tucson, Arizona. Ryan wants to know, I have a self-directed IRA with another company and frustrated with paying fees on the new value of my self-directed IRA. Do all self-directed IRA custodians charge fees based on the value of the IRA? So we don't, Ryan, but most do. Most self-directed IRA custodians will charge fees based off the fair market value of your asset. This is 1231. So generally, IRA assets go up in value, assuming an 8% rate of return. Your account value should double every eight years. So that means you're going to double, uh, or at least close to double, your IRA fees. We don't work that way. We believe, for good reason, this is a self-directed account, meaning you make all the investment choices, not us. In fact, we're not permitted to give you investment advice or direct you to make investments. We simply are the company that will unlock those funds to allow you to invest in what you know and trust. So why should we be compensated for your good fortune or your luck or your savvy investment decisions? We don't believe so. Unfortunately, many companies in the space do. Uh, I have a personal issue with it. I think it's a conflict of interest. I don't think it's right. So we charge flat fees, whether you have 50,000 bucks or $50 million. We want to give you and all our clients the same amazing service, irrespective of your account size. Um, our administration costs don't change if you have a 50,000 or $50 million account. We still have the same filing responsibilities, requirements, and obligations. So we want to give everyone the best, best service we can, no matter the value of your IRA or the size of your IRA. So if you are paying excessive fees, and this question probably popped up because January 1 is when you um, start paying new fees or new year, higher value. Uh, Ryan, some of you uh, out there are probably like, oh no, uh, or oh my God, I should say, oh my God, probably what am I paying? I just saw this credit card charge. That's ridiculous. It was less last year or less three years ago. A lot less. My account's going up. Why should my fees change? I'm making all the decisions with respect to the investments to the IRA. Why should I pay more? I get it. I got you. So you have choices, Ryan. Um, we'd love your business. But um, if you're good where you are, that's cool too. But just know you have options. You don't need to pay higher self-directed fees just because your IRA goes up in value. In fact, we don't even have transaction fees. We don't have wire fees, check fees, research fees. You're allowed to have multiple investments in one IRA and we don't charge whether you have 50 million or 50K and one investments or 500 investments, everyone pays the same flat fee. So thanks again, Ryan. Thank you for one. Thank you to uh, the individual on YouTube who dropped the question. 
you do have questions, feel free to uh, submit them to Info at Iowa Financial. You can just say Adam Mail or Ask Adam. You can also submit them on all our social media feeds, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, our amazing YouTube channel. Um, we love hearing from all of you. So send those questions in. I promise you, I will get to them. So hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Try to keep it as short and sweet as possible. I know it can be a dull topic, especially IRAs, investments, even though I think it's kind of cool. Um, but I'm going to keep it to the point and respect your time. Have a great day, and I'll see everyone again next week. Ciao. 